<laughs> I don't think Rob read my testimony. But um, anyway, uh, thank you. It's really God's story. Um, so, <clears throat> I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who celebrates recovery from drug and sexual addiction and struggles with anger, selfishness and lust, along with many other issues while trying to live life on God's terms on a daily basis. My name is Brandon. Thank you. First Peter 3.15 tells us as believers to always be ready to make a defense for, to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. And this is my answer. And I'm going to read it. I love that the standard for Celebrate Recovery is to read it. I've given my testimony many times, and uh, it's always longer when I don't read it. So, I was raised in church by two loving parents who both worked outside the home. I was a good kid, so when I asked Jesus to save me and got baptized at age eight, there wasn't much change in my life. Looking back, I've realized that while some are genuinely saved at a young age, I was simply wanting to please people in my life, be a part of something, and ensure that I would not go to hell if I died. Some call this fire insurance. Jesus says in Matthew 7, 21, that not everyone who says to him, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of his Father who is in heaven will enter. Peter admonishes us to diligently make certain about his calling and choosing of us. Well, as a child, every summer during grade school, I would stay with two different aunts for two weeks each so that my mom could attend seminars and my dad could continue working. The summer before third grade, I went to spend one of these times with an aunt during which an older cousin sexually abused me. I begged and I pleaded on the phone with a parent to be able to come home, but I couldn't tell them exactly what was happening because my abuser had threatened me. I was told that I was homesick and that I should tough it out because I would be home the next weekend. From that time on, I never felt that I could depend on anyone. I believed I was on my own. This affected me sexually, socially, and emotionally for decades. I didn't speak to anyone of it for over 13 years, during which I wondered if anyone would believe me or if it was in some way my fault. If there's anyone here tonight who has been or is being abused, know that there is help available from trustworthy people healing available in Christ, and that your abuse is not your fault. In 1988, my parents divorced. I believed, as so many kids typically do, that this was my fault. But of course, it wasn't. After the divorce, my mom and I moved from Jinx to Glenpool, and I really missed my dad. So when I turned 16 and got a car, I moved in with him. This was the beginning of a series of life-changing events. I became involved in a life of crime that fall. I knew that the things I was doing were wrong, 
but somehow I convinced myself that they were being done for the right reasons. Proverbs 14.12 and 16.25 both read, There's a way which seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. In January 4th, 1991, my life came to a screeching halt. I was a 16-year-old student on Christmas break from Jinx High School when I was arrested. I'd never been arrested before. I had good grades. I was in gifted, talented, advanced placement classes, but none of these distinctions saved me from the consequences of my own actions and decisions. As I said, I knew that the things that I was doing were wrong. I was eventually charged with and convicted of four counts of robbery with a firearm. I was certified as an adult and sentenced to 15 years in prison. At 16, that sounded like a life sentence. I learned a number of things in prison. On the positive side, I received a GED, a high school diploma, Votech certification, and an associate's degree. All great things. The negative part was what I learned outside of the classroom. I learned how to live without a conscience. I learned how to use my talents and gifts to manipulate other people. I learned about drugs. Finally, I turned my back on God completely. I got very deep into studying the occult, and I poured quite a bit of time and energy into persecuting or tormenting those I judged to have adopted the ever-popular jailhouse Christianity. Thankfully, this changed in the fall of 1994. I worked in the prison school with a sincere Christian with whom I could find no complaint. He lived an authentic and consistent witness. He was truly a man of God. I began lifting weights with him, and I ended up joining him at church services and Bible studies. Unfortunately, none of this resulted in the real change that Christ works in the life of those he transforms. I was released from prison May 2nd, 1995 on parole, and I was sure that good things were ahead. I even quit smoking the marijuana that I had been introduced to and grown so comfortable with in prison. However, the next four months were devastating as I continued to let other sins into my life. I experienced job loss, broken relationships, and was rocked by the impact of an abortion. Shortly after all of this, while pulling an extremely long shift at a new job, a buddy of mine shared some drugs with me. He described the stuff as harmless speed that would help me get through the night. That it did, and many endless days and weeks to come. The next eight years of my life were consumed with whatever it took to make sure I had drugs. There were practically no limits to what I would do to stay high. The drugs, primarily meth, became my best friend, my lover, and my God. During this time, I went through multiple cars, jobs, and relationships, destroying or discarding them thoughtlessly. I slept in vacant houses, in cars, and even under a bridge. These were all mile markers on my highway to a living hell on earth. In the winter of 1998, during a brief stint of clean time, I met a young lady named Candace. 
We got to know each other. She prayed about it. And we began dating that April. I relapsed a short time after we began dating. Completely unknown to her, I was living a double life. My addiction continued and remained hidden until I was arrested in a Broken Arrow hotel room. This time, I was charged with possession and use of stolen credit cards. I was sentenced to five years in prison this time, and I served a year and a half before being released on parole. During that time, I went through an intensive drug and alcohol treatment program, but I continued using and dealing drugs the whole time I was in. I still fooled myself into thinking I would be able to successfully leave them behind upon my release. I was only kidding myself. Immediately after I was released, both Candace and a good job were waiting on me. And still, less than two months later, I was again strung out. Nothing mattered to me but the drugs. Second Peter 2.22 quotes two relevant proverbs about fools. A dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mire. Without the transforming and empowering spirit of God in my life, this was my pattern. During another half-hearted attempt at getting clean, I heard about this awesome Christ-centered recovery ministry called Celebrate Recovery. I was practically drug here. I mean, it was like I wasn't given an option. I had every excuse. I don't have a ride. I'll come get you. Well, I don't have time to, to get dinner. They serve dinner. I mean, it, my first thought was great. Jesus AA, that's just what I need. And honestly, I hated it at first. I attended CR off and on, though, for a few months when I was coherent enough. But I never really connected. This was my choice. My fault. There were plenty of men here willing to connect with, encourage, and support me. But my life and my addictions continued to spiral out of control. I could tell I was on the verge of losing everything once again, and I really didn't care. I had finally hit bottom. I came back to CR on the 7th of February, 2003 with a quiet but an intense sense of desperation in my heart. Sitting in worship, I cried out to God with all that I had. I told him I was through, that I couldn't fight any longer, and that I needed him to reveal himself to me in an intimate and personal way that night. If it had not happened, I was resigned to go back out and do what I knew to do and be who I knew to be until I either died Someone killed me or I ended up back in prison, probably for the rest of my life. Later on, during that second set of worship, God did reveal himself to me. I felt an awesome sense of peace and love overcome and fill me. I sat down in my seat and I cried. I realized I was completely helpless on my own and that everything I could possess or achieve was worthless. I remember telling God, I can't fight anymore. I can't do this. His simple response was, I can. And I believed him. 
Romans 10, 13, and 11 tell us that whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, and whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. I know that right over there where the youth are meeting tonight, on February 7th, 2003, I was saved by God's amazing grace, and certainly not by anything I might have done or been able to promise to do. You see, I know who I am without grace. I know what I've been saved from. And I'm that much more grateful for who I am today in Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 tells us that we've been saved by grace, through faith, and not of ourselves. It is the gift of God not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship. That word can also be masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. That word workmanship, it's also translated masterpiece, which is what God's workmanship is. You may have heard that God doesn't create junk. God creates masterpieces. I came to CR and my church with more baggage and scars than anyone should have to deal with and less than many of the others that I've met. It's here, right here, that I first came to feel true love and acceptance. I cannot express how grateful I am to have found a group of people so committed to being the dispensers of grace that God has called us all to be because I know where I'd be without them. We all need a safe place of healing grace. I've been in recovery for 20 years now. Glory to God, it hasn't been the easiest time of my life, especially those early years, but it's definitely been the best. Recovery may be hard. I could almost say recovery will be hard. With all the searching and the surrender and the accountability that it involves, but it's worth it, even when it doesn't go quite as planned. I'd love to be able to stand up here and tell you that since I came to recovery, I haven't struggled with my addictions or my hang-ups. I struggle with many of these things on a daily basis, and some more seldom. I've also learned the hard way that my recovery is a daily process and that I must always be on guard. I'm not above falling, but with God's grace, I can get back up and keep going. I had a personal encounter with relapse during the summer of 2004, just a few months before Candace and I were to be married. I allowed myself to be in a bad situation, and I was unable to come through the other side victorious. I don't don't want to go into details, but I do want to say this. There is hope after relapse. Amen. 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 But I would also say that I believe the key to my successful journey from relapse to restoration 
was forthright honesty and a willingness to subject myself to greater accountability and examination from others. I contacted my sponsor immediately before the high had even worn off. I told him I needed help. You see, I knew I could have gotten away with it. Candace was out of town. I already had an alibi working, but I knew that I couldn't afford to get away with it. I'd gotten away with things before. Guilt and shame had kept me from talking about him. Guilt and shame eat and ate away at me slowly, steadily. They gave the enemy a constant foothold and an accusation against me. I couldn't do that again. I couldn't add more to that. I couldn't go into a life together in a lie. I needed to come clean and step back into the free, abundant life I once had. After talking to and developing an action plan with my sponsor, I took the next step. James 5.16 instructs us to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another so that we may be healed. I told my accountability partners, the leadership teams that I served with, and my fiance. This was very scary and very humbling, but the healing followed quickly. I was blessed to have people in my life who lived out Galatians 6.1 and helped restore me gently. These people helped me break the cycle. They stepped up my accountability and they loved me through the shame and the guilt. I was able to step back from leadership and overcommitment to work on my own recovery and relationships. I feel that this was a critical part of my restoration process. Thank you. I now have new and improved relationships with my family members and Candace, who did marry me that August. Amen. We've been married for 19 years now. We have the blessing of raising three beautiful children in our home, and I've been blessed to be involved in the ministries of Celebrate Recovery and other church ministries. I strive always to continue seeking God's will in my life and his power in which to carry it out. I've even been so blessed to know that I played a part by the words and the deeds of my witness in leading others to Christ. I surrendered to the ministry. I received formal education and training and I've been in full-time pastoral ministry for over nine years now. God. And I've been the lead pastor at Westport Baptist Church for the last two of those. I'm excited to say that we currently have step studies for men and women and hope to have a recovery ministry open in our community next year. Amen. Amen. Like I said, everyone needs a safe place of healing grace. I'd like to stress and emphasize this one final point. I give all the glory, honor, and praise to God for the indescribable gift he has given me through Jesus Christ. However, I could not have made this journey on my own. I must thank those who've gone alongside me, Candace, our families, in our church families, of course. I thank God all the more for my recovery family. 
the people I've met, known, and truly loved through the Celebrate Recovery Ministries, especially the men. I've come to trust and love and even depend on many of them. This is something that due to my past, I never dreamed would, would be possible. But I now know and believe that with God, all things are possible. If you're a newcomer here tonight, I want you to hear this clearly. There is hope, peace, and true transformation available in Christ Jesus our Lord. Celebrate Recovery is a safe place of healing grace where you can surrender to and follow him, knowing that you do not have to do so alone. Thanks to having this experience throughout the last 20 years, I look forward to following Christ and going into the future together.